everybody. Welcome to the Utah Royals FC show. Um, we're back with episode 46. I know it's been a while, but um, we figure we should probably keep up with these things, especially with the season getting closer. Um, so yeah, I'm Cindy, and with me I have Megan and Virtue here with us. Um, and yeah, so we don't have Ryan today. Um, I think he's decided to take a nap. I don't know. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, so what are we going to talk about today? We're going to talk a little bit about the draft. I know that was kind of like a year ago, <laughs> a month ago, um, but we should probably cover that. Um, and then we'll probably talk about Sky Blue, and I'm sure we'll go into some tangent like we always do. Um, <laughs> anyway, how are you guys? Fabulous. It's so good to have you back. I know. After we uh, terminated your contract. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Terminated yeah, had, the contract we don't we have. We did. Well, we had to get back into negotiations, and I think yeah. we just, you know, both parties decided that um, we need each other. So. Yep. <laughs> awesome. Uh, cool. All right. So March 4th is the NWSL preseason. That's when it starts. So actually a month from today. Kind of crazy. Um, and then I have no idea when the season starts. I'm I have pre- pretty sure I have done really bad at keeping up with what's going on. Like I don't even go on Twitter anymore because work is kind of busy now. I don't know. You guys probably do a much better job of what's going on out there. Um, but yeah, preseason's coming up. We just had the drafts. Um, so let's see who we drafted because I don't remember. I really should be <laughs> fired, guys. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, yeah, maybe one of you guys should talk about this part. <laughs> yeah, I, I can take the draft. That's fine. Yeah, I go got for it. it. Yeah. All right. So um, as sort of an overview is that we don't really know what to expect. None of us follow college soccer. I don't think most people follow college soccer. Mm, um, nope. So what I know is pretty much just repeating what um, – Chris Henderson said, mm. and watching highlight videos. So we're not super knowledgeable about this. Um, but it was kind of interesting to go into the draft. I thought that we would trade at least two of the picks away for something. Mm-hmm. I thought that Laura was going to make a move. There was a point where she was talking to Chicago. A move was not made. And we used all three of her picks. Surprise. Mm. But here we are. Um so we got three picks. The reality of it is, is that we don't know where they're going to slot in. Mm. Although I would guess that they're going to be with the reserves. That's my guess. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. We'll tackle them one by one, I guess. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So the 23rd pick was Michelle uh, Maimoni from Pepperdine. And okay. she's a left back. Okay. This was really interesting. Um, like I said, a lot of this is from Chris Henderson, who's really the only person I know that follows women's soccer really well um or a lot sorry women's college soccer gosh it's been such a long time (laughs) um so he said that it's an f rating an f grade and royals need to cover left back with moro's aging and o'hara on international duty but this is a bizarre pick she had an undraftable grade on her board uh she if you looked at a lot of the 
uh, mock drafts. She was not a name I even knew of going into the draft. So I was super surprised. I thought that um, the Royals were going to go with Haley Stamolski North in that pick, but that didn't happen. But her stats aren't bad. 76% passing rating. She hits a fourth of her crosses. She's a good tackler. 82% of all tackles. Um, but she loses the ball seven times a game and she gets the ball back seven times a game, but she's really kind of the most unknown. I feel that we know of, um, the other two picks, there's a lot of YouTube videos and things we can look at. And so there's a little bit of scouting that can be done. And with her, there's one video, but it's really small. And, Mm -hmm. you know, with the others, there's multiple videos. So, I mean, I really have no idea. This could range anywhere from, She's a sleeper who's going to absolutely kill it, or she may not show up to camp. Like, hmm. who knows? Hmm. She's made some some pretty good saves off the line, um, looking at the one short video that's up there, sort of Corsi-esque, but really, like, we don't know. Yeah, we don't know. Yeah, yeah. It's so hard with these draft picks because I'm like you. Unless they've been, like, in this... Um, like in the U.S. women's national team bubble or, you know, they're talked about um, like a um, – who was the number one pick? Gosh. A Tiernan? Yeah. So, I mean, we've heard so much about her because she broke into the U.S. women's national team uh, rosters last season. So unless they've been kind of – are kind of in that bubble – um, we really don't know much about him. So I'm always – I mean, it's it's exciting. I think it's really cool. Um, but yeah, I, I'm so bad at keeping up with, um, college soccer. Well, it's, it's really hard because I think one, it's harder to call, follow college sports in general compared to pro sports. For sure. Um, two, there's so many freaking teams and three, I mean, there's just not access to women's sports in general. And so, um, you know, you stack on top of that women's soccer, which is probably even more inaccessible, Right. You know, to be able to watch games and things, it's like, you know, you can't really blame us. Everything I know is from mock boards or mock draft boards and just mm. reading things. So if they're not in the top 20 on a mock draft, then I don't know. Them. And even then, I don't know much about right. most people. So, And I'm, I'm sure I'm probably no more than most people because it's just something that's not really worth following, which mm-hmm. makes sense, right? Because you never know how a pick is going to play out um, until they get into the league. But I do think, though, that um, the amount of players who get drafted in the MWSL tend to probably do better. Um, there's probably less crash and burns in NWSL than there are in other leagues um, in terms of other sports, mm-hmm. which sort of makes sense because the college women's soccer program is really good. It's just ginormous. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I mean, it's exciting. And at the same time, when they do come into and they get drafted, it kind of does allow you to, um, you may not know much about the programs, but you do get to know that there are really good soccer players out there who are, you know, entering into the NWSL and, you know, some, I mean, a lot of the, the makeup of the NWSL is players from the outside. There's so much focus on, you know, those national team players, but, you know, you have those players who have gotten really good um, and kind of just break into the ranks of and get attention. And um, so I think it's exciting that we we don't know much about them, but 
they'll have like a really good season. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Were you going to say something, yeah. Megan? No, I was just kind of going to agree with like, even I follow like, cause I live in Utah, obviously the university of Utah so closely with all their sports, but even just the difference in like their football to their soccer, it's so difficult to follow women's soccer very much. And like, I wish it was a little easier, but like I'm kind of in the same boat with most of these draft picks that I don't know most of them. I knew probably three of the names that I saw in the draft picks and with Utah trading away their first round picks Mm. for Kristen press, especially by the time we were down to the 23rd pick, I had no idea on most of them. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good point too, because um, you know, your star players are obviously earlier in the draft. And so what's going to become, of those sleepers, you know, again, because mm-hmm. um, players in the NWSL tend to retire so young, um, you know, 20 through 30 can still get you a good product on the field compared to say like, uh, you know, 20 through 30 in like the NFL draft or, you know, the NBA draft, but it's still like, who knows? So we'll really see. I don't know what's going to happen. Um, I think it could, I think for all three of them, we may see another EJ Proctor situation. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I hope not. Cause that would like suck. But I, from the little that I know, I don't think any of these three players are like a shoe in to get minutes. Mm-hmm. Although it is interesting that all of them are fullbacks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll get on that. Shall we move on to Maddie Nolf? Yeah. Sweet. So uh, Maddie Nolf is from Penn state. So other side of the country compared to Pepperdine, uh, the 27th pick. And uh, Chris says that Nolf is a mature gamer who is very good, but not great at Penn State. Kind of doubt she'll turn into a star, but potentially a good role player. Mm. Um, in his eyes, probably a, a better value compared to Maimoni, but who knows? We'll see. She's probably the best passer out of the three picks, which you can tell by watching the video. She has a great long ball, which is pretty real, real solid. Um, 84% passing rate. Uh, she hits about 30% of her crosses, 70% of tackles one. So sort of in the middle of Maimoni and Kent Kim, uh, Kimball, who we'll get to here in a second. But she she steals the ball. She um, She intercepts the ball a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, compared to when she gives it up, unlike Mimoni, where they're pretty even. Again, that's Maddie Nolf. Alex Kimball is the one that I'm most excited about, mm-hmm. who's actually the 32nd pick. She's from Salt Lake and is super good teammates with Katie Bowen. Mm-hmm. So there's a chemistry there. She knows the area. She has family here. Um, she actually interned with the organization. I think I think she did a, like a summer internship in yeah, sales. Okay. Yeah. Probably has the strongest Utah connection. Mm-hmm. So I think that um, in a world where none of them fit into the the first team, uh, and it's between either going back to where you came from, you know, you going out using your degree, mm-hmm. or sticking with the Utah reserves, she's probably going to be the most likely to stick with the reserves because she has that solid base in Salt Lake. Mm. But who knows? Um, she's also really interesting. Um, she's played as a forward and she's played as a left back. Um, given how deep we are, I don't think she'll play as a forward. Um, but she's really, really crafty and good on the ball. Mm. Um, lots of spins. Uh, really quick she reminds me a lot of Lola Bonta Hmm. Um, so that'll be really 
interesting to see. I mean, again, I have no idea what we do with any of these players. Right. Maybe they slide in, but again, you know, probably reserves. But who knows, right? We could get injuries. Uh, who knows? But one of the things that really stands out for me with them all being fullbacks, so defense is probably where we have the, at least where roster stands today, is where we have the least amount of depth. And you have, you know, Kelly and Becca are really kind of old, and Kelly's going to be gone for international duty. And I just say kind of old. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> like for soccer terms, right? Like they're in their thirties. Listen, like they're not. Carly Lloyd's going to be on the Olympic team when she's forty-five. So can anybody? <laughs> okay, that's fair, right? Um, that's fair. Um, no, you're you're right. You're right. Um, but also, we don't know where Kelly's going to play. That's true. Um, so that also ruins the depth. But I guess so. The point being is, is what's really interesting is that these three young players, who better to be mentored by as young fullbacks than by Kelly O'Hara mm-hmm. and Becca Moros? So maybe that's what Laura's going for here. Even though she doesn't like to build through the draft, maybe this um, could have potential to be a long-term investment. Um, and we'll see. That's true. What happens? That's true. Yeah. 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 So exciting stuff. We shall see mm-hmm. how they do. They obviously they all come to the preseason and um I think this season is probably going to be a little bit kinder to the rookies. I know last year was really rough. Absolutely. Um, so hopefully this year it's a little bit kinder and it's a World Cup year, so yeah. I hope it is because I've I know like EJ Proctor, I still still kind of just you know, it just breaks the heart that um, she had to leave because she just couldn't make it anymore. And not, not you know, because the whole breakers thing happened. But, um, yeah, I hope it's a little bit better for them this year. Yeah, for sure. Speaking of the breakers, shall we talk about how much I hate Robert Kraft? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I heard it was – no, I – I did not watch the Super Bowl because one, I think um, Handig is so boring. Um, mm-hmm. Two, it's overhyped. And three, the, I mean the Patriots again. I feel like it's. I feel like. I feel like the NFL really likes them and makes it possible for them to just be in the Super Bowl. That's my opinion. That's my hot take. Hashtag conspiracy theories with Cindy. I mean, maybe. Yeah. I, I don't know. I always have watched the Super Bowl, except for these last two years. I haven't because I've had to work both Sunday nights, oddly enough. But I just, I don't know. I just don't get the hype. And I also laugh that everybody is always telling me that soccer is boring because there's no scoring in it. I- and then you watched a basically three to one game. Like, that'd be a great soccer game but you're complaining about low scoring in soccer when that's so boring. Right. I agree. I agree. So, I agree. I'm I in agree. that boat. That's my, that's my beef with the Super Bowl is that it was one of the most boring games. And then everybody's complaining about soccer being boring. I'm just like, if you take the time to invest in the teams, it's less boring than you think. And I always tell them like the, in soccer, the action never stops. And you, exactly. You know, and in hand egg, you always just have to like, you know, there's commercials and, and they have to stop so many times and like a two hour game. How long is the game? 60 minutes. 
Hashtag. Not even. Well, I, don't I even mean, think it's six, that long. 60 minutes of, of time. Right. Yeah, so four 15 minute quarters. Oh, yeah. I was yeah. sorry. I was thinking oh. college, college yeah. is shorter. Yeah, you're right. But so it yeah, takes it's like an hour that. game that takes four hours it to play. Does. It's ridiculous. See, I like it because for me, it's the perfect sport to like do research or homework. Hmm. Like, like it, it's good for multitasking. Yeah, yeah. I could see which, that. Which is why I like it. Like, I wouldn't say I love it, but it's really good for that purpose. Yeah. Uh, same with baseball. Like, I think baseball is boring as all get out until you get to the postseason. I like and it's baseball. amazing. Yeah. And you get so much done watching those baseball games, you know, because you can still watch it and mm. get your stuff done. And soccer is just not like that. But I'm that's a really bad multitasker, though. So <laughs> I can't do that. Yeah, I get too <laughs> – I, whenever I watch sports, even if I don't care about it, I get too invested into it. And so I'm like 110% focused on the sport. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. I was supposed to be doing my math homework during this or whatever. <laughs> so if you're good at multitasking, I could see that point of it. But I'm just not good at multitasking. So <laughs> That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Um, jumping back to the draft real quick I don't know how much did y'all follow it do y'all have um, like a winner and a loser in the draft for me I mean for you Um, not really <laughs> no I didn't follow that closely Sky honestly. Blue got the most picks if that counts for anything <laughs> on that note um, so for me, I think the team that won the draft is Chicago Red Stars. I think that the Red Stars got really, I think they got a lot better, um, through this draft. Maria Sanchez and, uh, Bianca Saint, I'm not even going to, Giorgi, I don't know. I'm not, not going to say it. Right. Uh, they got really, they got a lot, they got really good not to, you know, mention, uh, Tierna Davidson and the trade for Katie Johnson, mm. like, Red Stars mm-hmm. are going to be really good. Mm-hmm. Royals are going to have to watch out for that. As far as losers, like Sky Blue had the most picks, but it's just a disaster. It is. Julia Ashley has, um, she told the administration at Sky Blue that she was not going to play for the team, even if they drafted her. They drafted her anyways. Um, she has signed a contract with the team in Sweden? Mm-hmm. I think it's Sweden. Mm-hmm. And Haley Mace is definitely going to Europe or somewhere else. Yeah. That's the second pick, so mm. it's a mess. They don't have a roster. They're having open tryouts. And mm. <laughs> I, I heard a joke that people are, uh, so you have to pay to try out. What? Um, oh. peop- yes. You have to pay yeah. to try out? Yeah, oh which is goodness. ridiculous. Like, why would anyone want to pay to try out for Sky Blue? Yeah. I guess it's an easy way in, but like man, something needs I'd to be change. really interested to see how those tryouts go. It's like I just don't know. Like it's so frustrating, right? Because if the conditions and everything surrounding it were in men's soccer, mm-hmm. the problems would have been solved a super long time ago. Mm-hmm. Because it's women's soccer, it's not. Going down the list here, right? We're talking about players being put in houses with plastic bags for windows, Mm. cardboard for windows, comforters stuck in walls, players moving from literally five to seven different housing locations in a season, um, hosts that have made um, like sexually explicit comments to the players staying there, um, players being told to find their own housing um, instead of the club addressing issues. 
the training facilities. There's no locker room or running water. There's no shower at the stadium. Um, Carly Lloyd takes um, ice baths in garbage cans. Mm. <laughs> like, gosh. Um, there's no ultrasound equipment uh, or like leg recovery systems right. for injuries. There's not an equipment manager, no laundry service. Players are literally given two socks, two shirts, two shorts as practice gear for six months. Mm-hmm. Um, one player was given children's cleats to play in. When they travel, there's no reimbursement for baggage fees. Uh, the club doesn't pay for their food. Um, credit cards haven't worked. They haven't been able to hire vans. In terms of medical, the club's not covering doctor visits for injuries, which are occurring in games. They're just sent to collections. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, players are coming to and leaving games in their clothes because there's no locker room for them to change into or go into. Mm -hmm. And many of them, you know, New Jersey's a big place. They, you know, travel an hour home to and from their game. And the saddest thing is that the league is not doing jack shit about it. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, the league said they do something. They're clearly not doing anything. Cloud nine, the supporters group on Twitter is super interesting. Some of the things that they're doing, like they did a, uh, like a 12 days of Christmas they're doing, I think it's like a weekly or a biweekly just sort of recap of like what's happened in their organization and how um, the administration is failing the players. Like it's just, it's all super, super sad and pathetic, frankly. Anyways, there's my rant. <laughs> yeah. No, needed to be said. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I'm just, I'm so confused as to why the league isn't doing anything. They've been so silent. And it doesn't make any sense. Um, because obviously you have, like in Kansas City, they were, Kansas City and in Boston, they were very much involved. And... Obviously, those two teams are not they're not in business anymore. And I'm just wondering, what is going on with Sky Blue FC that the league isn't doing anything about it? There's been outrage from the media. There's been so much coverage. And then, you know, players don't want to play there. I mean, players who are in their prime are retiring, asking for, for uh, trades. I think of Christ- Christina Givens, who retired really good player but probably super good player yeah and there was just like probably no chance of her way out that they maybe the only the only way to get out of a situation like that was to just call it quits and i just don't get it i don't know what's going on um and why the nwsl1 hasn't done anything and they're being very very quiet about it um and why they're even allowed to continue that way I don't know I I don't know what's going on but yeah I I agree with you I think it's I think I think it's pretty if you're just like a fan of you know the NWSL um you just look at that situation and regardless of who your team is you know you obviously have the teams that are well taken care of like Utah and Chicago and Seattle and I mean there's problems within but not to the extent of, I mean, if you look at the independent clubs like Chicago and Seattle, who are not owned by an MLS owner, um, they're doing a much better job. Um, so I don't know. It's just, 
it all seems so bizarre to me that nothing is being done. And why it's why even the league is allowing this club to continue to operate. They've obviously have interf- you know they've obviously been involved with teams who have been subpar like Kansas City. Why are they allowing it in New Jersey? I don't get it. I don't know. I don't either. That's the most frustrating thing is the league being complicit because you know it's more than just like we expect better. It's like you know these are blatant health code violations. Right. It's like you would think that the state would step in. I mean, granted, the owner is the, you know, Phil Murphy, uh, mm-hmm. the governor of New Jersey. So, I mean, that, I guess, supposedly could, like, the league could view that as intimidating or whatever. But, like, still, changes have to be made. It's unacceptable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. To think know. that, you know, to think like that Christina Gibbons, who's, like, 24, 25? Yeah, one of the um, strongest up-and-coming prospects in the league retires because they don't want to deal with the bullshit anymore. It's just I don't know. It's just hard to wrap my head around. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's so weird. It's so weird. And we're like a month out, and and at the same time, it's like I don't understand either why the New York, New Jersey metropolitan area has got to be one of the richest areas in the country, right? (laughs) Like, I know there's investors. I know that it's big. Why even like the Red Bull team isn't bringing them in or the New York club? Like, I don't, not that they have to, and not that every team has to be absorbed by an MLS club, but at the same time, um, I don't know. It's yeah. But that would help the league so much too, though. Like, yeah, I would like for the NWSL to be able to stand on its own two feet, but that's not the reality right now. Right. And if a team like Atlanta United or New York City or New York Red Bulls or LAFC or even the LA Galaxy would invest in bring one or two more teams into the league and get it up to ten teams and like help the growth mm-hmm. and maybe eventually then they can go and be their own teams. Mm-hmm. Then that would be so huge, but you just sit and see sky blue struggling when there's two to three pretty successful MLS teams around them that at least in New York city, they seem to have plenty of money to go around there. So, right. you know, maybe it just, I don't know. It's always kind of frustrated me. Like if Utah can afford it, why can't New York, I guess, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. I don't know. So weird. So hopefully at some point something happens. Either I think the only way for the club to do something is if the players just go on strike and everybody just refuses to play because nothing else seems to be working. So, um, yeah, I think it's, it's gotta come to, it's gotta come to a strike. I don't know. Yeah. I know, um, so if you're interested in the sky blue situation and you're not following cloud nine on Twitter, you should, cause they're doing a lot of things, but there's a lot of talks of just, you know, not buying season tickets because season tickets in a way yeah. enable the situation to happen. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's super debatable in the sense that 
um, to make improvements, maybe you do need more revenue. And so maybe the goal is to get more people to buy season tickets. Mm -hmm. Um, So it could be counterproductive in that way. But really, again, who knows? Just super sad, super complicated. Players deserve better. Mm-hmm. Um, on the note of teams that are kind of, I guess, imploding from the inside, mm. it's it'll also be really interesting to see what's happening to the Washington Spirit this year. Mm. Um, they've had a lot of players go out. I know, I'm pretty sure they're doing tryouts as well. I think when you compare the Sky Blue and the Spirit rosters, I think the Spirit have a much better roster. You know, Rose LaFell, Mallory mm-hmm. Pugh, mm-hmm. Um, a lot of other players. But like, who knows? That'll be interesting to see. Looking overall, shall we talk about the... Or do you all want to talk more about the Spirit and Sky Blue? Or should we talk about the salary caps and permitted team assistances this year? Yeah, I think we can move on. Um, otherwise, yeah, I think every what has been said about sky blue has been said. And with Washington, it's more, they're just kind of just transitioning. Um, but yeah, I don't know how much I haven't really investigated much. I did ask, um, Jason Anderson, who writes for black and red United who covers the spirit. Um, yeah, there's, I guess they expect a lot of their players to come back. They haven't, at least that's what the team is planning. Um, yeah, so it's nothing massive like the exodus from three years ago where, you know, Matheson and Allie Krieger and Chris Dunn just wanted to be done with Washington because it wasn't very, it was kind of toxic there with the ownership and the coaching. That's just really sad when <laughs> um, that happens in the clubs. Anyway, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm cool with moving on. Otherwise, it's going to make me sad. Sounds good. Yeah, a lot of sadness today. Yeah. What a sadness day. I'm sad. It's Monday. So the um, team salary cap for the NWSL this year is 421500 a bit short of half a million dollars for an entire team's mm. paycheck. The um, minimum salary budget, so the minimum a player can be paid, is 16000 538, whereas the maximum, unless you're paid by the Federation of the United States or Canada, is $46,200. So even players making the max are making about $6,000 less than the MLS minimum, mm-hmm. which just boggles my mind. Yeah. Well, and that's still barely a livable wage, especially depending on where you live, because that's not livable in, like, Florida, probably. It might be livable in Utah, but mm-hmm. that's nobody should have to live on that to, as a professional athlete. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and a lot of the players do have, like, side gigs that they do during the season. Um, a lot of them just kind of rely with um, – sponsorships too so it's always funny when you like are following a player and they'll post like an ad (laughs) um it's because they gotta make ends meet um so yeah there's still a lot a lot of growth to happen with um with salary in the nwso and i mean the good thing is that it is going up right not how we would want it to not how we expect it to um but there's still a lot of growth, and that's why it matters that 
there is coverage for these teams on a local level, um, on a national level, um, just so people are aware, you know, and also the sponsors. Like you, you talk about, I think I heard somewhere that um, attendance is good and you want your stadiums to be filled. And that's one component, but sponsorships is what matters the most because, um, yeah. So I read that that's where teams, the league itself is just trying to work better at. And they, with the whole television deal on Lifetime, which is, um, an interesting network, (laughs) but (laughs) yeah. So there's a lot of components for the growth, for the league to grow and it's a world cup year. So, you know, I know in 2015, it, got a boost from the women from like the team winning it so maybe it'll happen again i don't know it'd be kind of cool i mean i think i think it definitely could i I absolutely believe that you know the u.s women's national team's performance is probably directly correlated to the amount of attention that the league gets so um yeah for, for for sure for sure um but yeah you're right so it's the highest it's ever been that's good. Mm-hmm. Still super low. Um, when we look at other parts of the permitted team assistance and the logistics there. Mm-hmm. Um, so team housing mm-hmm. uh, is $95,000, which is not a lot for yeah. how long is the season? Five, six, five, six months spending. Yeah. Yeah. Um, granted there are ways to work around that. At least I believe, um, I don't know this for a fact. Um, but I think what Deloitte did is I think he put the players in the apartment complexes that he owns. Mm. And so he was able to bypass that. But that was, um, so there are ways oh, to move around. At least I think that's what happened. No, you're totally fine. No, no, I, I think you're right on that for sure. But I think it may just have been for a year. So I don't know if it's going to continue and that's something to maybe try to investigate, but. Or maybe they got a buy because I don't even remember, but something happened to where they got it because they so quickly had to get the team going. That was part of the deal. And so I don't know. Maybe things will be changing this year. I don't know. But I guess if he owns yeah. it, I guess it just makes sense. I was going to say, I guess if he owns <laughs> it, he can just like be like, oh, these people don't have to pay, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, you can charge them and be like 50 bucks a month for you know, the entire apartment or whatever, you know, something like that. Who knows? Who knows? I would really, I know that Deloitte is doing a lot of awesome things uh, on the league wide level. He's trying to create a lot of changes, Mm -hmm. um, which are kind of radical to the status quo. Right. um, But better for equality. So I'm all for that. So I'd love to get Deloitte on. It's just a matter of uh, Mm -hmm. how do we, how how do we make that happen? And uh, how do I not pee my pants? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Moving on, so $95,000 for housing. Just talked about that. The team relo- relocation cap is $11,550. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what that is. Mm-hmm. Do you want Yeah, I don't either. Huh. All right, it's money. <laughs> it's <Yep>. money. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, and then a team preseason tryout cap, $5,000. Mm. That's cool. Yeah. So moving up, still not super great, but progress. Yay. Progress is better than nothing. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. Um, another thing going back to talking about life, 
time. I heard that there are supposedly going to be less 130 games. I hope that stays true. I hope so too. Because those afternoon games, I'm not a fan of. I mean, I remember the game where it was Seattle um, against in, in Utah and it was hot and there were the wildfires going around. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a brutal game, both from like a heat wow. perspective and two from an atmosphere perspective where, I mean, if I was like there, if we were all just like there sitting, I can't imagine the players running around. And actually it was Megan Rapinoe, and obviously you have the altitude factor. So, um, but Megan Rapinoe said post game that it was one of the toughest games she's ever played from a, because I think they had the same issue in Seattle, but they didn't have the altitude factor. So, mm-hmm. and I remember yeah, that. It was yeah, go ahead. We're up that day. It was. No, I was just agreeing. It was definitely a pretty bad air quality day. Yeah. So, yeah, I hope that's not the case. But I think the games that got moved, I remember last season, the games that got moved to ESPN um, were evening games. So, Hopefully they're done. I don't know. I know Lifetime still has that contract, but maybe it could change. I don't know. We will see. We shall see. see. We shall see indeed. Is there anything else? Oh, um, so there's a survey going around. Okay. um, That says chance. So if people have chance ideas, uh, fill out the Google survey. That would be super appreciative. Okay. Um, yeah, even if you think your ideas are really bad, mm-hmm. right? Like we can probably still take a few lines from things and turn it into something beautiful. Plus your ideas probably aren't as bad as you think they are. So <laughs> if you have an idea for a song or a chant, mm-hmm. I, you know, we really want to work on that supporter and that fan culture in the court yeah. um, this upcoming season. So drop a line into that. Um, you can... It's all over Twitter. Like it's on my Twitter. It's on the show's Twitter. It's on the court's Facebook. Mm. It's it's all over. If you can't find it and have an idea, just slide into the DMs. There you go. Sorry. No. Random tangent. That's cool. Is there anything else that y'all wanted to talk about? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think I've got anything. Yeah. yeah. Not a ton to touch on yeah. until preseason gets going. Yeah. yeah. Which was cool. Um, Kelly O'Hare was back in town last week. I think she was here training. That was cool. Yeah. She uh, was. Yeah. So, and who else is back? Uh, Stengel. I was like, who scored a lot of goals last year? Katie Stengel. <laughs> yeah. Stengel got injured and left mm. the W League a couple weeks back. Yep. Which W League? Are they in playoffs right now? They're about to go into playoffs. Okay. Yeah, we'll do a big old W League episode when it ends. Mm-hmm. I just have been too lazy to gather all the stats together. <laughs> I am not getting up at 2 a.m. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I mean, I haven't done that for several weeks. It's been, you can rewatch it. Mm. That's but true. Even, yeah, even then the W League site in terms of like gathering information is not the most user-friendly mm. that I've ever encountered. So Gotcha. Yeah. Yay. Cool. <laughs> Yay. Okay. It's so awesome to have you back, Cindy. We have not talked I know. in like three months. I've been such a bum this off season. 
Usually when stuff comes through my inbox, I'm like, oh, something's happening. <laughs> um, but I need, I need to get my act together with the season starting and yeah, it, it, which we'll start our preseason coverage here, hopefully within the next week. Indeed. Yeah. yeah that'll be exciting. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Cool. All right, everyone. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for listening to the Guitar World of Sea show. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> okay, now what do I do? <laughs> <laughs> I just play the outro music. It's good. Oh. It's good. Yeah.